So if you've got a problem in your business that you'd love to go ahead and jam with me on for about 10 minutes, good news, you can get to do that. All I'm doing for the next foreseeable future here is every week I'm grabbing new reviews off my podcast on Apple Podcast and Spotify. So all you have to do is go and leave a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify, screenshot the review, send it to me in a DM on Instagram so I know it's you, and I'm randomly selecting people every single week, and I'll do this for probably a few months. And then you've got me for 10 minutes. I'll help you out with whatever you've got going on as much as I can within that 10 minutes. And all I'm asking in return is for a review. If you've enjoyed listening to the show, it's been beneficial to you whatsoever. This would mean the world to me. And I'd also love the opportunity to shoot the shit with you anyway. So guys, head on over to Apple Podcast or Spotify. Leave a review. Screenshot that shit. Send me a DM on Instagram at WTF Gym Talk. And hopefully we'll be talking soon. All right, on with the podcast. What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. I had Daniel Davidson on the podcast. Um, maybe it was a, the, the episode aired, I think, a week or two or so weeks ago. Essentially, he was the one. He owns a gym in uh, Philly, and he owns multiple gyms, but he was able to go ahead and have this strategy where he would buy bolt-on gyms. Essentially, gyms that were failing, he would go and create agreements with the owners. He wasn't buying their location. He was coming up with a financial agreement with the owner in which he would compensate the owner uh, for any of the members that came over to his location. He would give the owner a, uh, a contract that had them on like as a paid member of his staff for a period of time. And that that owner made money on all the revenue that was coming in from his gym from a, for a certain period of time, maybe six months or so. And these were generally gym owners who were getting ready to throw in the towel anyway. They were so, their, their profit was nil. Their satisfaction and job fulfillment was so low. They were getting ready to do that thing where they just, you know, wait to the end of the lease, close down shop and sell all of our shit on, you know, Facebook marketplace. So Daniel was able to go ahead and create a really good opportunity for them and him. He was able to add 30, 40, 50 members, you know, at a time by acquiring these gyms. And the more I thought about it, because I've been getting a lot of really good feedback on it. And um, the dude is definitely, he's very, he's very well, um, he think he's obviously well educated or at least in the streets of owning the gym, you know, uh, the gym thing, really well-educated. He's worked with Evan Lindsay. I mean, he's got great influences around him. And I, I was thinking about a lot more about his model and what a great opportunity this is. Like, I guarantee right now, if we took all the gym owners, we could probably split it somewhere pretty even, 60-40, you, know, uh, you know, maybe, you know, 45-55, somewhere around there. It, I, I believe it's probably a relatively even split of gym owners who got into this because they thought it'd be fun, cool, better than their other thing that they were doing prior. They wanted to coach, wear Lululemon every day. Like that, that's what they got into it for. And then there are those that really enjoy the business element of it. They don't want to coach, right? They would rather sit down and create a five-year pro forma and financial projections and think down the line. The big thinkers versus the, te the technicians. I think there's a great opportunity for some of these technician 
desiring owners, owners that they just want to coach. They don't want, you know, the business, you know, element of it as much. They're not as good at it and it doesn't fire them up. I think there's a great opportunity for those owners to do some mergers and acquisitions with owners that do want to do the business thing. Because at the end of the day, here's the deal. You know, uh, I'm talking to a gym owner. We're discussing the current bottleneck in the business and we both, you know, come to the very obvious conclusion. We need to hire a a full-time sales manager. And the first words out of this gym owner's mouth, yeah, God, I just, Stu, I just, I don't want to train and develop and my God, go through the hiring process and deal with the resident. I just don't want to do it. Okay, that's fine. You either need to pay someone to do it, you need to do it, or you don't do it. And by not doing it, based on the numbers here, you probably have nine to you know, 15 more months of runway before you're going to fall flat on your face and this is gonna, you're going to start paying for this business out of your own pocket. Okay? So those are your options. What, what would you like to do, Mr. Gym Owner, right? And like present it to them like that. It's like, ugh, fuck. When really, this guy, he probably shouldn't own a business anyway. He probably shouldn't own the gym. It was by, uh, by, it was by mistake. If there would have been really successful, profitable gyms out there that could have paid him a live, like a living wage to be a coach, that would have been his best route. Opening up a business was not this individual, was not the best move for this individual, but here we are. So what are the options? Well, I laid out the three and then I said, well, there's another one. Have you ever gone out to your local market and talked with the other gym owners and asked any of them, hey, listen, I love coaching. I love my thing. I don't love the business side. I would love to maybe, you know, are you ever thought about expanding your brand or is there an opportunity for us to have somewhat, have some, you know, uh, a mutually beneficial deal here. Cause again, at the end of the day, most, most of these guys are going to just fail flat on their face with nothing to show for it. Because they don't want to do the the hard work, they don't want to do the business work. They want to program. They want to do the weekend. You know, go to the brewery with the members. They want to go to, you know, the weekend throwdowns. They want to work out and get paid the work. They don't want to do the business shit. Find someone who does. I guarantee you, in pretty in every market, there's someone fucking killing it. There's someone killing it. What 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 do you have to lose? by selling out to that other individual. As long as you put together a real nice comp package for yourself, you still get the coach. You're going to get some kind of residual of the any membership revenue that comes over. You get paid for your equipment, whatever it may be. Again, I know there's a lot of variables that go into this. Like, oh, but I still have a lead. Like, I get it. And it's, this wouldn't work out in many scenarios. But just to frame this up, because I want to frame this up also for those of you that are the business business owners and you look around your market like, Oh my God, I know they suck. I know they suck. I know they suck. You know, every time I drive by there at 6 PM on a Monday, there's no one outside in their parking lot. They're probably struggling. I don't know for sure, but I I've got a feeling. And there you are. You take a cue like from Daniel be okay. Well, fuck. I, what if I just went and tried, tried to make a financial offer to them that would make sense to me. How much do I think that they're generating in revenue per month? Let's say this failing, you know, coach focused owner is barely making $25,000 per month. 
and you come in and you're like, okay, well, he's making 25. And let's assume that when he comes over, 50% of them come with him. Okay. So now we're at 12,500. Well, that'd be $12,500 in monthly recurring revenue added to your draft. What would you be willing to pay for that every month for a period of months? Right? Like there is, there's a deal to be made here. Would you give him, Hey man, I'll go ahead and I'll pay you, uh, I'll pay you 20 grand up front and then I'll give you 60% of the recurring revenue that comes in for the first, uh, four months and then 40% for the next four months, if they're still here, if they haven't canceled, and then it's going to go down to, um, you know, 20% the last four months of the year. So you have a nice like waterfall. Like I can come up with a thousand different options for this. But like, why, why don't we see more of that being done? When Daniel was talking to me on the podcast on, I went back and listened to it. I got a lot of people hit me up on that one. They really liked it. And I went back and listened to it. It, it, The thing that's, I think, blocking that opportunity from happening, because that was a good win-win. This was a gym owner who was about to shut down shop and have nothing to show for it. Daniel came in, gave them cash, gave them a job, gave them residual money with those members that came in and those members had somewhere to train. I think the hardest thing is the ego of that technician gym owner. It's like, yeah, but it's not my brand and I do programming differently because I'm smarter than everyone and it's not the same. And like, uh, like, yeah, I trust me. I understand how this, the, the, like the variables here, there's so many of them and I believe most of them are ego driven that would cause a deal like this to not work out. But if even just one of you guys changes your framework on this, either as the technician-based owner who probably is going to go out of business on a long enough timeline anyway, or the business-based owner who's looking at ways to grow and scale without, you know, you know, with with low friction, right? These places, if they're geographically close enough to you, again, I, again, there's the variables, right? And you're like, well, there's nothing around me, dude. That's close. It wouldn't work. Okay, then it doesn't fucking work for you. My bad. My bad. But for some of you, there's this is definitely a possibility. If you're not making it, guys, and you don't like running the business, don't run a business anymore. But you have built something. It's not great. It doesn't. Ba- it doesn't pay you. It bare. You know, it's it's not. It's barely profitable, if profitable. But you have value baked in there somewhere. And if that other gym takes this bolt-on strategy like what Daniel did, and they're like, I'm not trying to take over your lease. I don't want another location because that's a fucking headache. I want you. You are essentially an influencer. I want you. I will pay for you. And then I will pay you for everyone you influence that come and work out with you here at my gym. I'll have you on the schedule this amount of times. You'll be able to work out here, be a member as well. And we're creating a financial arrangement because your business is not paying you anything. I'm, And unless you think you're going to turn it around, which most of these technician-focused owners do not believe they're truly going to turn it around. A lot of them have given up, but they're just, again, they're just, they don't know what else they would do. I think there's opportunities here for you guys to talk amongst yourselves in your, you know, real, you know the, the relative communities that you're in. And be open. It's just an ego thing. For, for you to have the balls to go to someone and be like, hey, I, uh, I, everyone knows in town you're, you're killing it. Like, at least from the looks of it. I mean, unless you tell me otherwise, you by all, you know, 
by all visual representation of what I see here right now and what you see online and the number of members that I've heard you have and all this other stuff, you're doing really well. I'm, I, I tried doing this. I, unfortunately, man, I couldn't. It just, it's just not in me. It's not what I want. I love the coach. I love the program. I love to do this. I currently have 85 members, right? Uh, you know, we're doing about $14,000, $15,000 a month in uh, revenue. It's not enough to pay me and the bills or for me to even hire a coach. And I've accepted that. I'm coming up on the last year of my lease. And again, even if you have time left on your lease, there's probably deals that we can work out with your landlord. But, you know, that you tell me, hey, is there any opportunities here? Would you be interested in buying me and my time to come work for you and an additional, let's say we've got 85 members, let's say I'm able to convince 50 of them to come with. What would that be worth to you? What deal would we have to work out? And again, once again, I know there's a lot of variables here. Well, what if the price points are different, Stu? Well, just kind of like what Daniel said on the podcast. You go and say, listen, I'll, you know, if you're the gym owner, be like, cool, I'll honor those prices for X amount of time and then they'll convert over to the new price point. And you can go ahead and kind of put some golden handcuffs on this guy and be like, hey, when I switch them over to new price point, you're going to get paid out well as long as people stay on and they don't cancel. Like, again, there's plenty of ways to do this deal. I mean, plenty of ways to do this deal. But the, I just, I think you guys need, I think some of you could find some great opportunity in these type of deals, these acquisition and mergers, A&Ms. These are common in other industries. Like Facebook sees a company that's doing pretty good. They're like, yeah, I don't have to compete with them. So I'm going to buy them. Well, this is a little bit different, right? That that successful business business owner isn't looking at the technician owner and being like, oh, he's got to, he, I don't want to have to compete with him. No, he's not fucking worried about them at all. Why? Because that owner is a technician. He, he's a coach. He doesn't, he has not proven to be able to do the business thing well. But he has members. He has bodies that are bought into him. He has people that are paying. If you're going to think of client acquisition as where do I find a viable you know, pool of people, they're inside of your members' gyms. If you're at a CrossFit gym right now, the and you wanted to think of where is an audience that I could try to capture, it's inside of your competitor's gym. The closest, like someone who's willing to pay a similar price point and really wants what I have. Again, I'm assuming you guys are all like generically CrossFit doing the same thing. That's where they are. Now, they just don't leave because they have a relationship with that owner and that, that, that business and the coaches and the business isn't going anywhere. But if the business knew it was on a short timeline, it was skating on thin ice, this would be a great opportunity to have a conversation and say, hey, things aren't working out for me. Is there any kind of acquisition or merger opportunity here or for you to go to them? Hey, just wanted to pop in. I, I know you guys have been in the market a long time. Um, I don't want this to come off as a, kind of an asshole thing. I just wanted to kind of see how's business going? How's business doing? I uh, To cut right to the chase, I'm in looking to deploy some strategies where I acquire or merge with other gyms. We, we, don't, we don't open, we don't keep their location open, but we, um, we uh, acquire their clientele. And we bring the owner in, we give them an upfront, you know, finder's fee or like an upfront payment of cash. We bring them on a maybe a one-year contract for employment at this rate. And we give you a, you know, a commission 
a residual commission on all the money that comes in from your members over this period of time. And again, more details need to go into that, but is that something you'd be interested in? And so I'd be like, Hey man, I appreciate it. That's pretty clever, but no, we're at, we're actually doing a lot better than, you know, the past three months. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep trying this, this, and that. And I'm going to stay afloat. Cool. Man, no problem. I, I didn't mean to come off rude. I didn't mean to come off too forward. I just, Hey, you don't know if you don't ask. Right. And who knows, maybe you create a fucking, you know, a buddy out of this. Like it's someone who, you know, you now have a, a colleague in your, in your network. It's just something to think about. Go back, listen to that podcast with, with Daniel. And, um, it got my wheels turning. Cause I've got a couple clients that are in similar situations that I'm going to be positioning this to them. And when I've seen this done in the past, it, it generally, again, some of the variables don't line up and the deal doesn't get done, but that's how every deal is whether it's commercial real estate or you're purchasing a gym or whatever, if one or two topics you can't come to terms on don't work out, the deal's dead. But the effort to create the deal and the creativity that comes with that, I think is worth exploring for a lot of you guys, either the ones that are the coaches that want to get out of the business side of it. Again, comma, you could always, you know, if you could afford them, hire someone to run the business end of your business. But again, probably the funds aren't there to do that. So you're either going ahead and, you know, you're the, the technician coach and you're, you know, you want to get out of having to do the business thing. You'd like to get paid a lump sum of money, make some residual money off your members and get to continue coaching while you figure out your next thing in life. Otherwise, it's going to go to zero and, a lot, you know, eventually you're just going to get nothing for all your effort. This could be a way to actually walk away from this thing and feel proud of what you did. Not that you're not proud of it, but like walk away like, okay, like, yeah, I got a good payout. You know, nobody bought my business for six X, but I also, I didn't grow a profitable business. I was barely hanging on. I was, I was in over my head. I never should have been here, but this opportunity created a, a good financial in, you know, influx of cash for me, gave me a coaching job and a purpose and, you know, lets me plan my next move. Or maybe it's going to be continue to work for this gym and help them grow because I still have something to offer. And then for those of you guys that are doing the business thing well and you have cash and you're looking to scale, this is a great way. This bolt-on strategy, um, a la Daniel Davidson. All right, guys, just some thoughts this morning. Until I talk to you in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.